Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said fight. You can't fight. He said withstand. You can't withstand. He said stand. What does it mean to stand? He said don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I, I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it as I said, and our granddaddy did it like that, and let's change it just a little bit. You change it, and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello, welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. We're glad you're here, and I'm here with a guest, uh, a friend, an old friend, uh, missionary David Maskey, missionary to Port Harcourt in Nigeria, and uh, we have been uh, friends and supported them way back uh, um, on their on their first step, first uh, going to the field. So I uh, appreciate the Maskies, and they are uh, back on a furlough and getting ready to go back. So I want to do a little interview with Brother Maskey. So. Um, uh, just started from the beginning. Uh, where are you from? When did you get saved? Uh, tell me that. Well, I was saved as a 10-year-old bus kid uh, back in Mansfield, Ohio, Mansfield Baptist Temple. Awesome. And, um, and who, was your, um, who was your bus worker? Who, uh, who uh, helped reach you? Well, um, one of the bus drivers was my wife's father. And so uh, him and, uh, and my wife uh, came and visited me uh, while... On the, on the bus route. Awesome. So, so um, when did you feel the call to ministry? How did that happen? Well, um, when I was a teenager, God began to speak to my heart about surrendering to do God's will, turning to full-time Christian service. And uh, But for a while, I didn't. I kind of struggled with that. And uh, well, actually, for many years, I struggled with that until after I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. And I was working at different jobs, and uh, nothing seemed to be... Uh, feel right, and uh, just seemed like I wasn't going anywhere in my Christian life, and and I knew I knew why uh, because I was holding back you know, from God's will. Amen. And so finally, um, when I was about 22, probably that was 1983, summer of 1983, I went forward and and surrendered to do the will of God, and then uh, that uh, that fall went off to uh, Bible College, Howells Anderson College, Amen. and um, while I was there. I still wasn't really sur fully surrendered. I just knew that God wanted me to be in Christian college. But that first year, I knew that God was calling me to preach, so I surrendered to preach that first year at, at Howells Anderson. 
And then uh, <clears throat> later on, uh, probably my junior year, uh, we were having missions emphasis week, and uh, missionary was speaking. I think it was missionary Mike Patterson from Mexico wow. was preaching, and uh, and God really began to speak to my heart again about missions, and so I just uh, made a decision at uh, at that during the invitation time for missions, the surrender to missions. Although I didn't know where, I just said, "Okay, God, uh, if you want me to be a missionary, I'm I'm willing to do that." Wow. And then um, at that time, my wife started coming to uh, House Anderson. She already graduated from Pensacola Christian College with a nursing degree. In fact, she was she had already surrendered to the mission field. She was on her way to Togo to be a single medical missionary mm. and was on, on deputation for that. Uh, but uh, she wanted to finish her master's degree. So, of course, we were from the same home church. We knew each other and becoming more and more uh, friends. And um, so I suggested that she come to Howes Anderson to finish her master's degree. She agreed to do that. And so in the fall of 87, she came. And then uh, started dating, and then uh, summer of 1988, we were married. And then so we both began to uh, knew that missions was where God was uh, leading us, and so we were looking at different places. We looked at Mexico and didn't have peace about that. And, and then that year, we, um, we had missions again at the college, Missions Emphasis Week, and two missionaries from Nigeria, mm. David Long and Mark Sixtad, were the main speakers. And so just through that... And uh, through uh, uh, our missions uh, teacher, uh, Brother Morris Paulson, mm. he, was, he was kind of pushing us towards Nigeria too. And so we just prayed about it, and God just seemed to open the door, and the door was wide open for us to go there, and that door still wide open. Awesome. So back up a question. So did your wife come to Bible college to get her Mrs. degree or her master's degree? I Which think it was that? probably both because uh, <laughs> we knew that uh, we I think we were both older at that. We were uh, 27, 28. We, we kind of knew that yeah. it was God's will at that time. And, and so it's amazing to see how yeah. God works in our lives to get us from the place, you know, as a bus kid salvation and then to surrender mm -hmm. and then to go to Bible college and then to work on your wife to do the same thing. I love to hear history, his story in people's lives, how God works. And sometimes people, you know, think, oh, God's not real. God's not there. Really? When you see and hear the stories of how God directed people's lives, mm -hmm. uh, it's not coincidence. It's not yes. an accident. It's right. God's direction. And you're praying about where to go. And God sends two missionaries. Yep. I remember that was my first missions conference okay. uh, with Brother Sixpen mm -hmm. and, um, and Brother Long and, um, and just floored and amazed with what God was doing and allowing them to do there. So, and then God called you there. So graduated, went on deputation. Uh, how long did that take to uh, travel? Um, and Well, three years of full-time deputation. We yeah. probably had about a, uh, a year of part-time deputation. I was still at school that Got time, it. still finishing up our master's degree. So I would say three probably three and a half years right. probably so did you go on a survey trip how did you pick um, the city in which you uh, landed yes uh, of course we uh, I took my survey trip in 1993 probably uh, a year before we went to the field and uh, went with stayed with missionary David Long mm -hmm. and uh, he suggested several cities but we, we probably said the best place would be probably Port Harcourt so we took a trip down there looked at it mm -hmm. and I just knew that that was where God was wanted us wow. to start our ministry Wow. And it was a city of about uh, uh, the surrounding areas. It's about three million people. It's a large, very large city. It's the center of the oil industry, so there's a lot of companies there, mm. and uh, just 
a lot of people from his church were from that city. Wow. And so it just seemed like God was leading us there. Good. So uh, got on deputation, made it over there. What was it like? Culture shock for you, your wife? Did you have any children yet? Uh, just getting in the country, getting set up. What was that like? Well, we, we went to the field in July of 1994. Uh, we had three children, three and under at that time, our three oldest. And wow. so uh, we stayed the first three six months. Children, yes. Three and under. Yes, that was an interesting. moved everybody to yes. a new country, a new continent to yes. start a work for God. That was a very interesting plane ride wow. on the way over. So <laughs> it wasn't easy. But for the first six months, we stayed with missionary David Long. Okay. And that really helped because um, I had never yeah. started a church before, never pastored before. And so I really learned a lot from him mm. and uh, used what I learned from him to start our church there in, in Port Harcourt. Awesome. And so that really helped us, I think. So uh, where did you start? How did you start uh, the church? How did that go? Well, we, uh, while we were staying there with uh, Pastor Long, I would take trips back and forth to, uh, to Port Harcourt looking for different places. And mm. took uh, several trips before we finally found a place. Um, it was uh, kind of a duplex, um, had a large living room area that we could hold services in. And so that seemed like the ideal place, and so, and and the rent was decent, and so uh, that's what we did, and got that ready, and moved our family there, and held our first service on January 29th, 1995. Wow! Had 53 people there. 53 people on the first Sunday in your house in, in our, your in the living room of our house. Wow! And 26 of them. Uh, came out to receive crisis or Savior. Wow. So, and that's the kind of results we've been seeing <laughs> since. <laughs> well, when you have something like that, how much, uh, and you know the work and labor and stress and cleanup and all that goes into that, but when you get done with that service, how do you feel? Just, you know, I mean, knowing that this literally almost decade of Bible college and deputation, training and mission work and all that, because you, you went to college in what year? 80, I, was, I started in 83, 1983. Started in 83. Finished in 91 with the Masters. Started the church in 95. Crammed so, all in in eight years. So. Yeah, but I mean, this is a 12 year from the start right. of Bible college to starting a church. Actually, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, yep. Wow. So what does it feel like when you get done with that going, wow, God used me. God God had a plan. This worked. Wow. 26 people. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really uh, uh, just awesome. Uh, you know, I never thought that um, I would ever be able to do something like that, and uh, but I just knew that God was in it, and He was doing it through me, and we were just uh, uh, instruments that He was using. Amen. So, um, tell us, give us sort of the history. I know you've been there how many years now? Twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight years. Mm -hmm. Twenty-eight years. Twenty-eight years. Huh? Um, in Africa, in Nigeria. How many times have you had malaria? I've lost count, but it's about, uh, we probably, I probably get it once or twice a year. Wow. But it's, it's pretty common there. It's like getting the cold or the flu, you know. Um, you just take the drugs and, uh, and you get over it. Uh, and uh, So it's, it's pretty common. Wow. So um, give us some of the history of the churches as far as um, numbers, big days, um, averages, and then after that, we'll talk about starting the other churches and Bible institutes and all that. So, okay. Well, our first church plant uh, it grew quickly. Uh, uh, our first anniversary, we had 350, mm. and it kept continued to grow there in the house. We were there in the house for 10 years. Um, 
Okay, people will ask, how do you fit 350 people in the house? So tell what you did in the front yard and backyard and well, services yeah. and all. Wherever we could find a space, we put a bench or a chair, you know, to put somebody. We had our, using our, the whole, almost all the, the, the downstairs part of our house. It was a two-story house. And uh, the living room had large sliding glass doors. We can open those up and out into the front yard. And so we put out uh, canopies and benches in the front yard and could sit a lot more people out there actually than the inside. And then we had the side, we put benches on the side and put speakers out there so they can hear. The backyard was for the children's church. And uh, there was also a small little building out there called, they called the boys' quarters. We used that for Sunday school classes. And uh, we've had as many as 900 people there in our house and in, yeah, in the canopies, is. under the canopies. <laughs> wow. And then um, finally in uh, about, uh, let's see, 2002, we were able to buy property and uh, about a mile from their first location and uh, build a building there. And um, the present building we're using now for, and it was a, it's a two-story building. And, um, and we moved there in January of 2005, held our first service in there. We've been there ever since. Hmm. And uh, the most we've ever had there at that location was 1,500. I think wow. it was a, on our 20th anniversary service. Hmm. Beautiful. And uh, so it's, uh, it was really a blessing, uh, and, the building that God gave us there. I know COVID has messed up the world and churches, but uh, pre-COVID, what, what are you averaging uh, every week? How many people are coming to services there? Okay. Okay. Uh, Pre-COVID, we were averaging uh, the highest we were averaging was uh, 680 there at the at the main church mm. every week, and, and so a lot of people saved every week. Awesome. Um, so, what language did they speak in uh, Nigeria? Well, I've been speaking it to you all this time. It's an, Eng <laughs> an English-speaking country. Isn't that a blessing? Yes, Praise it is. Yes, uh, um, Nigeria was a British colony uh, formed in 1914. And uh, they gained their independence the same year I was born, 1960. Wow. In fact, uh, uh, the day after I was born is their Independence Day, October 1st. Mm. And uh, so uh, they kept English as their national language. It's taught in all the schools. So most Nigerians can read, write, and speak English. Yes. Amen. Um, I've been to Nigeria and love the place and love the people. And, and we had three or four missionaries we support there. And, um, and it's amazing how open and, yes. and beautiful people they are. I know for a while they got a bad rap with all the email yeah. scandals and things. And that's just a small group of people. Uh, some of the people are just wonderful people that yeah. just uh, need an opportunity here yeah. about the Lord. So, um, Okay, so you have your church and base. Is that it? Just part of Port Harcourt? Is that all you're uh, going to reach, or uh, what else has God done there? Well, uh, we um, we have a Bible Institute. Uh, we started in 1996, and um, we have about 35 graduates now from wow. that. Wow! And um, our first graduate, his name is uh, John Abili. Uh, he he went out from our church and started uh, another location in Port Harcourt called Eagle Island. And he started the Eagle Island Independent Baptist Church in 2005, and doing a great job there. They've awesome. um, uh, they've had as many as 400 wow. in uh, in a service. They he had a couple setbacks, um, but uh, still doing doing a great job there. And that was 2005. Then we started our third um, church plant in 2012 in uh, a kind of a village that's outside of Porcupine, but still considered part of. Uh, the city, and it's called Igrita, Independent Baptist Church, and uh, another one of our graduates, his name is Elvis, uh, <laughs> he doesn't sing though, He's Pastor Elvis Ojero, and uh, 
they're doing a, doing a great job. He's, he's had some trials. His wife died giving birth to oh, twins, and wow. the wife and the twins both died. So he, this wow. was this happened in 2017. So he's he struggled through that, but now he seems to be doing okay now. Amen. And uh, that was 2012. Then uh, 2015, we started the uh, Omok, the village of Omok, uh, Independent Baptist Church, about two hours from our first church plant. Um, Pastor Dennis Osweke doing a great job there and uh, built a building there for him. Um, somebody donated the, the land uh, for us to start a church there, so that was a blessing. Mm. That was our fourth church plant. Then um, um, Brother Billy, our first church plant, and Brother Dennis, they, uh, their church started a church. So two of our church plants have now started church plants. Awesome. And that was in 2017. They both started a church. One is in uh, uh, a village called Aka in another state, uh, probably about three hours from our church, uh, more like four hours from our church, our main church. And then another one started by the Omok church uh, in the village of Ohoda. So that makes uh, uh, five and six. And then um, uh, we started another church in Yanagoa, which is in the neighboring state, and uh, a lot of our people were from that area, from, mm. from our church, and they were uh, begging us to start a church there. So finally got that church started in, the, in just last year, November of 2021, we just started that church, mm. and he's doing very well, Pastor Uzi, BA, and just doing a great job there. They're already averaging 50 or 60. Wow. Um, then another one of our Bible Institute students started a church in uh, a village called Anduni. The only way you can get to Anduni is by boat. Wow. So uh, it's one of those villages that's uh, surrounded by rivers, so you have to get there by boat. Mm. And uh, he, uh, he's doing, doing fairly well there also. And so that makes nine. Uh, I think I've, I didn't leave anyone out. So we still started a total of nine churches. Praise the Lord. So far. So what's the plan now? And um, if anybody wanted to help out, then they see this. And by the way, I'm Norman Damaski and friends and times he's been back um, from furlough. And I think you can tell by his spirit and demeanor. Um, it's not a proud, arrogant, uh, in your face, but just a true, humble servant of God that is just honored to be able to serve the Lord and I'm sure you look back and go, wow, you know, that God has used me, used me through me. I don't do it what God does, but used me to be able to do the work there. And, um, and you're still going. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, so what's, what's next? Well, it's, it's like uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And that's mm. kind of how, uh, what's been happening in Nigeria through our ministry. Amen. But, uh, when we came back on furlough in April, uh, somebody had given us some money to buy uh, land to start the next church plant. So the day we were leaving, we were able to buy the property wow. for our next church plant. So when we go back uh, to Nigeria uh, at the end of November, we'll be starting our 10th church plant. Beautiful. And uh, so we're hoping to get that off the ground. And, of course, as God opens more doors, we want to start more churches and, and uh, train more uh, of our men. We have nine men that we 
from our first church plant that are now pastoring churches. So that's that's a blessing. Wow. So where's number 10 at? Uh, how far away is that? It's in the city of One, um, O-N-N-E. Um, it's the first church that's on the uh, the eastern side of Port Harcourt. Okay. All the other ones were either north or west. This is the first uh, on the village that's about an hour uh, east uh, of our first church plant. So we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. They just went there this past week. I just found out uh, to go soul winning. They call it village soul winning. They, about 40 or 50 of our people will go there and could just go soul winning. And wow. Telling people that we're going to start a church here. And they had 98 people trust Christ as their Savior wow. in one day. <laughs> so that I just heard about that. Wow, so that that's exciting. Blessing. Ready to go. Oh, yes. Um, that, that church is going to so, be ready. So um, what would it take um, to buy land for uh, a church plant? I know you already have the one for the next one. Uh, but then also funds to build uh, a building. What what would that cost over there to do that? In Nigeria, uh, about uh, around 30000 to buy the land and get a building uh, that's big enough to start a church in. Wow, thirty thousand dollars to buy the land right. and build the building. Right, about thirty thousand wow. more or less. Yeah. And so you already have the land, correct? Right. How much to build the building? So another another fifteen uh, thousand. Uh, they give us fifteen thousand to, to get the land, and wow. and of course it, you, we build a fence around it. So everyone does that, <coughs> and then uh, to build a, a building that to start in another about another fifteen thousand, and so they've also wow. promised to give that too. As wow. Well. So that one's that pretty much set. We also have one of our Bible Institute students that's, that's going to be taking that and helping that one get started. Great. So we're hoping this year, uh, sorry, uh, next year, 2023, to get that one wow. off the ground. So if somebody wanted to support you, somebody hears this and go, wow, that's the kind of missionary I would like to support, whether it's $50 a month or if they say, hey, when you get the next Bible Institute student and you um, the land and the uh, building, I'd like to help out here, here, here. Sure. Um, where would they go? How would they be able? How would they be able to connect with you, where they could uh, be a part of that ministry? Well, um, we have an email address. They can contact us. That's probably the best way in Nigeria right. to contact us. And uh, the, of course, we can give them all the information they need and okay. how they can do that. And what's that email address? Uh, D R M A S K E Y. That's D R Maskey at Yahoo dot com. Okay. Dr. Maskey, M-A-S-K-E-Y, right. at yahoo.com, if right. you'd like to be a part. So um, what are you seeing um, in our country? You come back every few years. What are you seeing in our churches? What concerns you? Do you see a direction shift? Do you see a lack of um, evangelism or soul winning? Or do things, churches seem stronger, better when you come back? Um, you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of it and things change slowly, you don't really see it with you coming back every few years and traveling to some of the same churches and new churches. Um, what are you seeing out there and any concerns you have? Well, we've, we've been to quite a few churches already this furlough and uh, a lot of the churches uh, were very encouraged and they're still standing on uh, sound Bible doctrine and soul winning and missions and getting out the gospel but uh, on the other hand there are many that are changing and uh, that's not so encouraging mm. and uh, it's uh, it's, sad, it's sad to see uh, the, the music changes and the standards changes and then they throw out the King James Bible it's just, it's kind of a pattern you know it's, it's, first the standards then the, the music or first the music then the standards then the King James Bible and uh, it's it's I just hate seeing that happen 
And it's amazing. They think it doesn't affect, but look at how many souls were led to Christ before those yep. changes, and mm -hmm. then look at the people that were saved after that. Exactly. And they think, oh, it's that form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. It, it we can right. still feel good about ourselves, and and we had a worship service, mm -hmm. but but seeing what's being done is not. Where's right. the outreach? Where's the soul saved? Where are the people right. being? And then the bus bus ministry goes by the wayside, mm -hmm. and then the soul winning. Yeah, you know, it turns into visitation instead of soul winning, and and, and then it's just the evangelistic part of the church is it's it goes down. That's yeah. it's it's sad. It's sad. So, um, is there a need for more missionaries in uh, in Nigeria? If if some young man or lady was listening and heard this and they're praying about where to go, um, is Nigeria all reach for Christ? You guys have everything you need, or? Is there still a need for missionaries? Well, there? Nigeria, you know, even though we've seen many saved, uh, the harvest is still plenteous and the laborers are still few. So, yeah. yes, we do need more missionaries, not less. <laughs> how, many, uh, how many people? What's the population of Nigeria? Nigeria in, is the most populated country in Africa. It's 215 million souls. In fact, it's the seventh most populated country in the world. Seventh most populated country in the world. Yes. Most populated country in Africa, in Africa. 215 million no, it's, souls. It's the second largest English-speaking country in the world also. Second largest English-speaking country, only, only behind? Only behind the U.S. Wow, that's incredible. Think about the United States, 330 million people in the full, big United States of America, and Nigeria has two-thirds as, as much population as the United States. Right. That's pretty amazing. So uh, definitely a need. And um, and so if you're praying about, hey, where God uh, wants you, um, um, what God wants you to do, that would be something neat. What about um, a short-term mission? Uh, is it something, and it may not be, but if, if a group, a church, a youth group, a group of men wanted to come over to Nigeria for two weeks and mm -hmm. oh, is yes. there evangelism are there projects are there things you could use help with is that something that would be good neat for them to see or does that really uh, make it is it not a good place to be able to do something like that oh no uh, we encourage people to do that uh, we have uh, several groups that are planning on coming awesome. uh, especially on this furlough and uh, we uh, we have some space available and some uh, things that they could do, um, places they can go and awesome. lead people to Christ. And so, yeah, we do encourage that. Awesome. Well, this has been great. <coughs> this is uh, no problem. Uh, Ezra, if you can uh, check that out. I coughed earlier, too. I don't know how much it got in there, but um, Ezra, it's 24 minutes in. I'll message you that. So, uh, Matthew, it's been great. Thank you for taking the time to do this interview. Uh, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think, you know, I would love to pass this on to people? Is there any truth or witness or story or something you've seen or done or anything that you would like to share with people about the ministry there or you or Nigeria or uh, a truth or something to be able to pass on to them? Anything I didn't ask you you think would be helpful? Well, um, I would say... Um First um, Thessalonians 5:24 says, "Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it." Mm -hmm. And I learned that early on in the ministry that uh, God is faithful, and uh, He has called us. He's called us to salvation. He's called us to serve. He's called us to win souls, and uh, He has a place for us to serve. and And He has called us to Nigeria. And but the but the good thing is that God will do it through us. Amen. And we just have to. 
allow him to do that through us and just be submissive and surrender to him and uh, and let him do it through us and uh, because when I went there I said I, Lord, I can't do this I don't know anything I don't know what I'm doing here and you're gonna to have to help me and 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 he did and Amen. he has done he wanted to do it even more than we did and now you're the veteran missionary. You've right. been there 28 years. You're starting now 10 churches and uh, and now get to help and direct and answer other people's questions. And yeah, when you go over there humbly, um, like, God, I don't know how to go out or come in. I don't know what to do. And when God sees that heart and spirit, okay, good, let me help you. Let me do it through exactly. you. And and can you imagine, I don't know if, how much you think about this, but I get, I get choked up just thinking about how many people are going to be in heaven that we've gotten to touch and talk to and reach and lead to Christ or people that we taught to lead souls that got to lead people to Christ or missionaries that we got to support and have a little part in that, what they've gotten to do. And boy, to get to be in heaven and to see all these faces and all these mm -hmm. souls and people that were saved and people we never knew or heard or met and, and to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant from the Lord. Um, boy, those two things, um, there is nothing, I don't think, in the universe that can match hearing that from the Lord and then seeing all the people that we had an influence on. Um, and that we're able to help, what a big deal that is. I feel sorry, honestly, for people that either, of course, are not saved, but so many saved people that aren't a part of this, that don't mm -hmm. see it, uh, it's no big deal, they don't think about it, they're living their life in this world for this world, and there's really no thought of that eternity, or those people, their, their lives, their souls, or meeting Jesus one day, um, well, that's a big deal, and I think especially you know where you've been and what you've done and how many people you've helped and reached and where that's going on from there. But what a day that's going to be in heaven to see Amen. all those people that are saved and just and humbly, and that's why the crown goes to the Lord because only right. He's worthy. We're not, right. um, but uh, God said He called us and He's faithful and He will do it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for that, Brother Maskey, and we are pleased and honored to get to be a part of uh, your ministry in the beginning and to get to support you again and uh, excited about that. So God bless and thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at thefundamentalbaptistpodcast at gmail.com.